You're listening to Pet Fluff with Katie Mara, a lifestyle podcast that features various topics, current events, tips and advice, and the occasional guest that not only benefits you, but also your pet. So come and join me and take a listen as I am your host, Katie Mara. What's going on, guys? Welcome to season two, episode two of Pet Fluff. Who am I, you ask? Well, I'm a pet sitter by day and podcaster by night. My husband, Herbert, and I own a pet care company in Northern Virginia and have been professional sitters for over 10 years. I've seen it all with pets, young to old, disabled, sick, and even behavioral issues, including anxiety and aggression. I wanted to create a platform for pet lovers and pet owners to accrue information about all things pets. So today I will be discussing how to greet a dog the right way. I've been encountering people that don't know how to approach dogs properly and are running risk of injuring themselves. So I'm going to get into the basics as well as I'm going to answer the question, which I get a lot, is why are you a pet sitter and what do you do all day? What do pet sitters do? I'm going to discuss all that. Plus, we are going to feature a wonderful cat named Blitzen, who is sponsored by Four Paws. But first, let's get into our first segment. Here's a scooper. Here's a scooper, where a captivating current event can spark a conversation or a feel-good story that makes your heart smile. And best of all, it's all about the animals. So our first story I've actually held on to for quite some time. It is from People Magazine, and actually it's in several news articles. But a Tennessee dog celebrates its 20th birthday as the oldest golden retriever in history. So August, better known as Augie, turned 20 in April, becoming the oldest golden retriever in the world. Even a dog in Tennessee can make an impact in history. August, better known as Augie, made history on April 24th when she turned 20, becoming the oldest golden retriever ever, according to Golden Heart Retrievers Rescue. Augie lives in Oakland, Tennessee with her owners Jennifer and Steve, who adopted the cute pup when she was 14. To celebrate her milestone birthday, Augie earned a dog-friendly carrot cake as well as some quality time with her fellow Golden Retriever siblings, Sherman, Belle, and Bruce. And even at 20, Augie is surprisingly healthy. She can move around well, although she's a bit shaky when she first gets up and enjoys daily walks around the yard. Since she's been diagnosed, since she was diagnosed with some kidney issues when she was 14, She now eats a mixture of wet and dry Hills prescription diet kidney disease and takes some supplements for her kidneys and joints. Jennifer also said that Augie gets SQ fluids, which is sub-Q fluids, twice a week, which has helped her perk up quite a bit. According to the Golden Hearts, most Golden Retrievers typically live about 10 to 12 years. At the most, they live 15 years. The outlet also lists five tips for helping your golden retriever to live a long life. Listen to your veterinarian, listen to your dog, feed your dog quality food, 
groom your golden retriever regularly and exercise your golden retriever regularly. Jennifer said, we care for them as long as we have them and we love them forever. I thought it was really sweet because this was actually posted in June of 2020. I guess she turned 20 in April. So I did look up to see any sort of follow-up story. And from my knowledge, she's still around. I mean, that's really amazing. Dogs that age don't know tend to live past 10 to 12 years so it's amazing for her now we're going to get into our next segment all the fluff all the fluff where discussions happen and information is absorbed to help aid you and your pet So I came up with this topic because on my regular dog walks, I have encountered quite a few people that love to greet with other dogs. A lot of times when they approach dogs that they don't know, they come up to the dog and just pet them on the head, which is not the proper way to greet a dog. Even though my dogs that I walk are pretty kind and sweet, that is actually dangerous to just go ahead and touch a dog on its head without a proper introduction. I get squeamish when I see this behavior. I don't tend to correct it because dogs will correct them for them. But I wanted to go over the etiquette to greet a dog politely and the proper way to get a dog to come to you and, you know, create that bond. The first step is to always ask the owner for permission to touch the dog. I've actually experienced people that have not asked if they could greet the dog. And now most of the dogs that I walk are very people friendly. They are not always dog friendly, but you don't know the temperament of a dog in general. So you always want to ask permission. There could be underlying health issues with the dog, or they may be triggered by certain things that a person is wearing, such as a baseball cap, certain genders. Sometimes they're triggered by children. So in order to do it the right way, you always want to ask permission first. The second thing that you would want to do is allow the dog to approach you. The dog gets the decision to decide whether they want to come to you. You don't force your personal space into theirs. You don't put your hand over their head. Sometimes if you're on the street, all you have to do is just let your hand out a little bit so they can sniff you and then they'll let you know that they want to be petted. It's the first way for them to gauge you and to sniff you out. Their senses are 30 times stronger than humans are and even when they greet other dogs, they usually do the butt sniffing and that's just their way of gauging the other type of species that they're dealing with. You don't want to invade their space. And it's just kind of common sense because if you just go and pet them, they may, it may be triggering. Uh, Some dogs, when you come over their head, it triggers from any past trauma they've had. And that tends to trigger them to want to bite you. To avoid that, you just allow them to come to you. And the third thing that you want to do is avoid direct eye contact and staring. So you want to keep your eyes nice and soft with a relaxed face and don't stare directly into a dog's face when greeting them because that also triggers them as a defense mechanism that you want to challenge them. And sometimes 
even dogs off leash, when you make eye contact with them, they take it as a challenge. And that's when sometimes dogs attack you. Now, the fourth thing is don't come in from overhead or directly behind a dog. Turn slightly sideways or crouch down. A lot of times when you meet dogs at eye level, it's much more friendlier. This is what I do for consultations. I actually sit down so they can come to me. I don't come to them to allow them to sniff me and that we're more at eye level because then we are equal. So if you imagine you being, especially for smaller dogs, like say a Shih Tzu or a Yorkie, who you can pick up with one hand. Some dogs fit in your arm. So imagine you being picked up by someone who's you know, 10 times your size, that's very intimidating. So a lot of times when dogs bite, they bite out of fear. And so instead, come from the side so that they can see all of your body at once and you can be able to pet them on the side. They'll let you know where you're allowed to pet them. Some dogs really like their bellies. Some dogs don't like their bellies being rubbed. Most dogs like the top of their butt being scratched and behind their ears. And a lot of times it's in places that they can't always reach. And don't encourage bad behavior. Now, if a dog starts jumping on you in excitement, help the dog owner out by not encouraging them to jump on you. Push them down, turn your back towards them. Now, if you actually kind of know the dog ahead of time, you can always use commands as off or down and you've encouraged them to put their paws down on all fours and kind of crouch down to meet them at their level so that they're not overly excited to continuously jump on you. Know how to read dog body language. I think this is the most important part A lot of times people feel intimidated by dogs because they don't understand dog body language. Sometimes they misread dogs where they think that they're actually unfriendly and actually they're just very excited and they are very happy dogs. So when a dog is in a great mood and is friendly, they will have an open mouth, relaxed ears, soft eyes, a loose body with a loose wagging tail and approach you for interaction. And they also lean on you or seeking out to touch. If you notice a dog that is aggressive, you'll see that they have a closed mouth, they're lip licking, obviously blinking, turning their head away, their ears are pinned back or they're against their head or it can be like an alert where they're straight up and they have wide eyes with their white showing and they're trying to back away from you or hide. Now, if they're showing more aggression, they may even bare their teeth and growl. At that point, leave them alone. Some dogs take a while for them to come around to you. And so at that point, you just ignore them. It helps when there's other dogs in the home where there's one dog that's a little bit more shy than the other. And when you give that other dog attentions, a lot of times that shy dog gets jealous and then they want to be included. They get over their shyness and then, you know, you guys bond. Another tip that I want to say is if you're ever caring for a dog and you're inside the house and the dog is a little bit more reserved or shy, do not approach a dog when they are hiding under sort of any table, chair, or anything that is covered, or even a crate. You don't want to reach in because that's when all those biting accidents happen. You also don't want to block certain doorways. It causes them to freak out and do an accidental biting. These are just simple techniques that will ensure your safety and the dog's safety and have a positive meet and greet. So these are just some simple tricks when you meet dogs on the street. We all love dogs. We all love to meet and greet. So keep those in mind when you meet dogs. Of course, always ask the owner first. So now we're going to go on to our next segment, Q&A time. 
It's Q&A time. Solve all your animal problems here. No matter how pressing or silly your question is, don't worry, I got you covered. Now, it's time to get into the nitty gritty. So, Sonia A. from Percival, Virginia asks, what do pet sitters actually do? Like, what do you guys do all day? That's what she asked me. (laughs) So being a pet sitter, you know, by day, we do a variety of things. You think of a pet sitter as like a dog walker. And yes, that is true. We do walk a lot of dogs. But there is a variety of services, what we have to offer. And depending on where you live, there may be more or less services available. So we're kind of in an urban environment. So we offer dog walking, cat sitting, pet sitting. We also do small mammal care. I mean, really, we take care of any animal. Now, we don't take care of farm animals because that's not in our area. But I do know that certain pet sitting companies in rural areas do take care of horses and other farm animals. That would be awesome. I would love to take care of chickens and goats. I think that would be really cool. But nobody has chickens and goats where I live. So... (laughs) But we do offer small mammal care. And then we also can provide reptile care, fish care. I mean, I've really taken care of every animal as pets, except for maybe a snake. Though I do know how to take care of a snake. We provide not only regular drop-in visits, but we do provide overnight care where you are in the home while the person is away. I'm actually recording this podcast. I'm doing an overnight at a client's house as we speak. And so I'm currently technically living in their home while they're away. It's not just, you know, taking care of the pets, but it's also overseeing their property and making sure that it looks lived in. So it's pretty cool, as well as we do offer in-home boarding services at our own home. So we provide a living environment in our own home. We also provide taxi services where we can provide transportation for your pet to and from wherever they need to go, whether it's to the groomers, to the vet, to a play date, you know, anywhere that they need to travel, they can be independent of you. We have that service available as well as we do basic dog baths. I wish I could do some grooming, but I'm not a groomer. I'm not a licensed groomer. And I really have no interest in grooming, (laughs) but I don't mind giving a dog a bath as long as they're used to getting baths. And I'm trying to think of any other services that we provide, but it's a lot of it is just the pet sitting, drop-in services, overnight care, boarding, dog walking, cat sitting, and taxi care. Another thing that we also do is that we do administer medication. So I actually have a client that needs sub-Q fluids And I've been trained to administer sub-Q fluids for a cat. And I can also do insulin and pills and all sorts of stuff. So that's an added on service as well. There's some people that are actually former vet techs. So they can provide an extra care of service that I can't provide because I'm not a trained vet tech. But I think if they needed severe medical attention, then, you know, There are services that provide that as well. So we as pet sitters can make a pretty lucrative amount of money and it depends on the pet sitting company. So there are some pet sitting companies that have employees and independent contractors. So you can have 
as many or as little pet sitters as you want. Our pet sitting company is actually very small. It's just myself and my husband, and we have two part-time independent contractors that we work with when we're out of town. We've decided at this time that we weren't going to expand our business. We thought about it, but it just right now in our business model, it works best for a smaller company. But there's lots of large companies that have up to 50 employees and they cover a large area in the D.C. metropolitan area. They probably cover all of D.C., Maryland and Virginia whereas we just do several small cities in the area. Now, my husband and I work seven days a week. Certain pet care companies, you know, they have certain rules, but, you know, we're pretty straightforward. We're simple pricing and we love all of our clients. I mean, you can always check out crcpetservice.com for pricing just to see what kind of pricing we offer. And then you can calculate that depending on days people go on vacation for seven days. You'll see how much you can do for an overnight or boarding. And it adds up pretty quickly. So Sonia A. from Percival, I hope this answers your questions. And if you have any questions for me, you can email me at petfluffpodcast at gmail.com. And now we're going to get into my favorite segment, the feature pet of the episode. Well, it's time for my favorite segment, which is the feature pet of the episode. This is where I showcase a local DMV pet that is in need of a forever home. So let me help you find your forever pet. So today I am going to be featuring Blitzen, a wonderful little kitty that is available for adoption. But Blitzen is sponsored by Four Paws. So Four Paws is a nonprofit, community-based, all-volunteer organization that takes in neglected, abandoned, abused, and unwanted cats and kittens. Cats rescued by Four Paws receive vaccines and appropriate veterinary care before being adopted into permanent and loving homes. An animal rescued by Four Paws will never be euthanized except out of medical necessity. Additionally, Four Paws is dedicated to providing the management of populations and improving the health of feral cat colonies. Four Paw volunteers also hold seminars in local schools and teach children the importance of responsible pet care. Four Paws is still in the process of getting requested scheduling time. If you are interested in a cat, you want to reach out to fourpaws.org to get all the information to set up a consultation if you're interested in fostering or adopting a cat due to COVID-19 restrictions. So you want to check out their website for all of their updated information in regards to that. Because I don't even think they have an actual physical shelter. I think that they have, you know, foster people where the cats stay and then you set up an appointment with them to meet the cat and see if it's a perfect fit for you. So today's pet feature is Blitzen. She arrived to Four Paws from a partnering shelter to be placed as a barn cat. If you don't know what a barn cat is, it is a semi-feral cat that cannot be placed in a home full-time but lives on your property, mostly in rural areas outside. They have been microchipped and they've been spayed or neutered to protect the outside cat colonies. I guess it's trapped and release programs. 
but they live on your property. You're responsible to feed them and provide them a shelter, but they live outside. They're not tame enough for you to have them as a full-time pet, but they live on your property and you'll see them come and go. Sometimes you're able to approach to pet them and other times they love you from afar. So she was placed as a barn cat, but then all of a sudden Blitzen decided that it is not in the cards for her. She was proud to show off that outside of the shelter environment that she is much more outgoing and a sweet girl. She immediately wanted to come out of her cat carrier and was just fine being petted all over. Now she would love nothing more than a foster home until she could find her forever home. Blitzen was born in January 2020. She has been spayed, tested negative for FIV and feline leukemia and is currently on vaccinations and has been microchipped. If you are interested in Blitzen, check out our bio on our Instagram page at CRC Pet Service. We have a Linktree account and you can find her picture and her profile. You can get in contact with Four Paws. She's a very cute kitty on her... I think it's her left ear. They do this for feral cats. So they clip their ear. So she has one ear clipped. But she is going to be an indoor kitty because she's... I guess super affectionate. So that's awesome for Blitzen. So if you are interested in her, she is a tuxedo kitty. She's really cute. But if you're interested in adopting her, check out our Linktree account. All right, guys, you know what time it is. It means it's time for me to get the fuck out of here. Thank you guys for listening episode after episode. You know, I've been thinking of having a name for you guys, like a pet name, you know, like a Swifty or Beehive, you know, something like that. If you have any suggestions for me, email me at petfluffpodcast at gmail.com. If you are looking for pet sitting service and live in the Northern Virginia area, primarily in Falls Church, Arlington, Tyson's or McLean, check out CRC Pet Service. We provide all sorts of pet sitting services for your pet's needs from dog walking to overnight care, even boarding. Check out www.crcpetservice.com. Now, if you guys have any suggestions, comments, topics of conversation, want to say hi, email me petfluffpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our IG page is at CRC Pet Service and our Twitter handle is at petfluffpodcast. Thank you guys again. I know I've been a little sporadic with these episodes. You know, business is picking back up. So I'm trying to be more regular with these episodes. So bear with me. And I appreciate your loyalty, guys. I really do. And until then, no, before we go, next episode, I may have co-host Herbert back on. And we have a very interesting topic that we wanted to talk about, about unconventional fostering methods and it's going to be an interesting topic because we've done quite a bunch of research on this topic of programs that are kind of unconventional for people who have interesting lives that are fostering pets and in case you have forgotten today you matter you are loved you are worthy And you are magical. 